0: And Papa has shared um thing like four stuff that marriage is all about. What's the first one? Raising what? Raising godly seed. Now for that to happen, does it just require only the man? So it requires both the man and the woman involved. Praise the Lord. Then what's the second thing? Character. Truly, if you say you are calm, you are not hungry. Get married. When you get married, you will to know truly your true character will come out, your true behavior will come out. Whether you ah, I don't talk. When you get into marriage, you will to know. So that's why, particularly for those who are not yet married, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself like the Bible puts it: everything hidden will come bare. Because the place of marriage is total openness. There's no place you want to hide for 20 years, 30 years. After a while, the real you will come out. So, as I said, from the very beginning, you just need to be bare before your spouse, before your partner. Because the true character will come in. The third thing was what? Hmm? You compliment each other. You don't go into marriage the full package, you always need somebody to help you. And for the Bible, the Bible says the man, the woman is the word, help meets for the guy. The woman has her own needs. The man has her own needs. But they coming together will form the complete image of who God is. Will form the complete image of who God, when they come together, it's like the man is one part of the puzzle. The woman is the other part of the puzzle. And when you bring them together in the unison, in same unit of purpose, they will form the exact image. If you read the book of Genesis, the first part of creation, man was created. But the Bible says, like Pastor Kay explained last week, he looked down and said, "This guy, is not alone. He's alone. He's not good." So the Bible had to pull from man the other part out. And when they come together in marriage, they form the. Exact image of God. And as I said, divorce is not good. During the week here, we are telling the marriage conference, and it was phenomenal. I'll tell you from Thursday, Friday, Family Life Passionate Conference, for me was a full load. Then on Saturday, Together Forever, was a complete package for me. Basically, my marriage was renewed. Praise the Lord. And for those who do not attend, I will encourage you for such meetings, do not for any reason you want to stay back. By any means, take your spouse. It's like when you have um, your vehicle, like it or not, once a year you take the vehicle out for what? Maintenance, is it not? And sometimes it might be good, but just because it has reached a certain mileage is advisable, you just go and check it out. It might not necessarily be making noise or anything. Bets, because it has really a certain mileage, do. For me, if you are two, three years in marriage, seek, meet a counselor. Five years, leave for marriage, between five, ten, those years are one very, very critical milestone in marriage. Are very critical. So our advice generally, church, those who are married, don't wait for issues to come before you want to see a counselor. If you read a certain mileage, milestone in marriage, just go. We just want to check ourselves. Just to see how we are doing. So you can do better. So the third thing we talk about is you complement each other. You complement each other. The man on his own, no matter how strong he is, there are certain things he can do. And like they say, if a man should dare give birth to a child, the man will die. But yeah, the man is strong, is he not? So you see that woman has his own strength. But both party always come together to form something the perfect image of God. Praise the Lord. And what's the fourth one? Hmm? No. Check your list. Is there a fourth one? Huh? He collaborates. Huh? Collaboration. That is key. There was something I listened to this morning. It's said, marriage is hard. The guy was saying marriage is hard, and marriage is not a place the husband and wife want to compete against each other. You see that often. Sometimes a marriage, negative competition, basically the woman trying to outdo, or the man feeling hey because he's not making enough. They wants to find a way to pull down the woman so that he can be the very best person, the person that is handing more. No, 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 no. Mind you, it itself is, is, is challenging. Serving your wife. The children are there. Trying to fend for food. Trying to get your rents. All of that is challenging in itself. Then you're not going hard competing with each other. No. It's a place for collaboration. The Bible says one of you what, will chase a thousand. Then two of you will do what? Chase tens of thousands. So it's a place where both parties must come together in unison, in agreement to do things. Then Matthew 18 19 says, when two of us shall agree concerning a thing, it will be established. Might is a place whereby that the power of agreement comes into play easily. Easily. You don't need to cajole because already both of them are, if you do it the right way, because both of them are already what? Open another shame. That when you both come together and say we want to do this, the whole of heaven, back it. Because the command has gone forth that when two of you we agree, if I put it on that way, if two of you can collaborate together, nothing shall be impossible. So in that story, like I was trying to share and listen to. He said, is hard enough that you want to compete against us. He said, look for a common enemy outside and compete. Look for another couple who is doing great and you want to compete with them and say, hey, this family is challenging me. This family is doing this. This family is doing that. So let's do better. Let that be the focus. Now you both come together to say, how can we do better? You look at this other family and say, hey, this one has done. This one has happened. Let's do it this way. Praise the Lord. So today, we're going to talk about companionship. Companionship. Mine is a place where both parties are supposed to come and enjoy themselves. And like I said, it is hard enough. They never harder. It's not when you're in marriage and you can't share life with your partner, with your wife. You can't share life with your husband. both are not talking. both are just there. It's only when there's something important for the money, school fees. I need the car. This has happened. The children's birthday. But beyond that, nothing is happening. No... Is a place where you seek for companionship. You seek for companionship. Because if that is not there, it's like solitary confinement. You know, for those in prison, prison itself is a place where you are restricted. And that's what my is almost like that. Excuse me to explain it that way. Because, like I always tell people, you see this small handcuff? It's not small. powerful, small As a guy, I'm limited to what I would do, I can do. I'm bound to my. Com- I'm committed to this. There's something I've said I will do. I need to. I will have to. What do it, whether I like it or not. I cannot just wake up to say, "Let me go and play out. Um, go and play with the boys. Let me just get that phone. 12 p.m., 12, mm. there's somebody I'm committed to that I need to carry her along. So, marriage is a place for companionship. Like I can try to explain with the prison system. Already you're restricted. For those who are single, ah, when I'm married, we'll go finish work. Yes, you go finish work. It's fun, or, I won't tell you. Marriage is fun. But already it has its own challenges that you need to be aware of. That beyond the fact that, hey, let's get, it's good. But it has its own commitment. But when you do it, in accordance to the word of God. Praise the Lord. Just give it to me. Oh, hey, hello. Come. You are set in your ways. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me just go back to what I was saying. So, the prison system is already, you're restricted already. But you know something, when the prisoners misbehave, they'll take them to what? Solitary confinement. And that's what it is when you are married and you're not talking with your spouse. It's even better, you are single. And alone than to be married and alone. Being single and alone, you have the choices to meet up with guys. You have the choice to meet with your friends. If it's 2 a.m., you do you to say you want to visit somebody? You go out. But the moment you're married, you're restricted. So that is very important. You choose the right partner from the word go. Like somebody said, when you choose the right partner, 80% of your problem is solved in life. And I'll tell you for fact been my for almost 17 years. If you choose the wrong partner, it is well with you. That's all I can say. So for those who are sick, take your time. Just as you invest in your business, just as you invest in taking in certain decisions, invest in making that right decision. Because that decision can either make or mar you. It can either destroy you in a place of marriage. So you have to be very careful. So marriage is that place of what? Companionship. Where both parties come together. So let's read Ecclesiastes four, verse nine to eleven. Ecclesiastes four, verse nine to eleven. Can Can't put it on the side screen? Looking at this back. Side screen. Thank you. Two are better than one. Why? Fuller please. Can you guys just put it on the side screen for me? Thank you. So two are better than one. Why? Next verse. If they fall, one will lift lift up his companion. Then the next part, church, read for me. Verse 11. Again. Just do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you see, it's very, very important. So being together is not just sharing the same space. So that's not what we're talking about right now. It's not sharing the same roof. We are actually sharing the same how our thoughts process are the same. We are talking. We are spending time together. And one of the ways you can build companionship is intimacy. It's in the place of intimacy. And intimacy, you build intimacy by talking. By talking. I know for guys, that's one of the more people we struggle with, to be intimate. Because sometimes we don't want to expose ourselves, we don't want to open up our hearts. But the only way you can build intimacy is by talking. Sometime ago, I shared this. So there are a couple that came to church to me, asking for counsel Like I said, they had no issue. They just wanted to do like a check up of the marriage. So we have this form usually we send for that, called emotional need questionnaire. Basically, the questionnaire is basically just to check, to see benchmark how you doing currently, how it is going. You rate yourself on about twelve different aspects. From your affection, intimacy, to finances, parenting, every, basically covers every aspect of marriage. So each couple will have to rate themselves. Then you rate how your spouse is meeting that need. So on this particular part of intimacy and sex, because they're two different things. Intimacy is different from sex. It's totally different. It's not in any synonymous at all. And the woman rated herself that her need for intimacy is like 9 over 10. And how is the husband meeting that need? Below 5. Then for the guy, he rated sex 9 over 10. And how is the wife meeting it? Almost below. But when I read it, you just see how divergent. And this is the same for every couple. The guy is more interested in part of sex. The woman is more interested in intimacy. But like it or not, intimacy worries bad sex. And for the singles, sex will not bet intimacy. Just know that. Let me establish that. No matter I say, hey, let's go and have fun, you can never be, it will never bet intimacy. But rather, it will destroy it. Because in marriage, That's, companionship is what we do 24-7. It's not sex. It's not, that's not it. You don't have it. No matter how you do it, say maybe one hour a day, there's still 23 23 hours left. What are you going to do? And for the singles, I want you to test this. I hope you're not, but if you're doing it, well, test yourself. Take out sex from that relationship and see how father relationship can go. Ideally, you should not even do it. But let me just zoom. If you're doing it, take it out and see how long that relationship will last. You're going to find that that if already you're doing it, if you take it out, just a matter of time, it will crumble, because that's what is almost what sustaining, keeping it. And for the little years I've spent in counseling, I've seen it happen, with couples. When We tell them, do not stay away from each other. Don't do this. Don't do that. It feels like Pastor Noah wants us to enjoy. They can't just separate themselves. Now, they've gotten married. One year down the line, Lily comes meeting Pastor. My wife did what do they do. My husband did do they do. I said, what do you mean to do? I should go and talk to him. Mm-mm. You say you will do. And do so when you want to bet intimacy with sex, it will not in any way it won't get close, you're only destroying it. Spend time to talk. You've seen couples who are, they've gotten married, and a very basic question of how many sure are we going to have, they've not even discussed it, and they're already married. So when you were single, what were you discussing about? Sometimes you ask the lady, how much is your husband, husband earning? She doesn't have an idea. For the singles, spend time to talk. Spend time to talk. And in the place of counseling, that's where to help you Give you conversations, reasons, questions you can ask. Because imagine, bulk of what we do is talk. We don't just wake up and say we just want it. to have sex. No, it's in that place of talking you lead to the other stuff. So you need to get to the point where you talk, and that's what companionship is all about being able to talk, being able to express themselves. It's not sex that builds intimacy, but intimacy that builds sex. In good marriages, there's a lot of talk and gossip because of friendship. And for the singles, let me still go back to them a bit. Who am I going to marry? Marry your friend. It's as simple as that. Somebody you can gist with, that you can gossip with. You see that one, uh, yeah, you that one. And what's happening? That and that's what it is. Marriage is a place of gossip between husband and wife. The married ones already know they know that. Sometimes we finish church as we go home, we don't save gist. To share for ourselves. Because this one happen. This one, this, one, this, one, this one that's what it is. That's what it is. True, in, a very, in a marriage where both couples are truly happy, I'm going to say this, but though you might look, uh, it's, though, you're not breaking any confusion because the says, Bible says both of them are one. When you go say, uh, let me go and tell Amazing. Amazing, don't tell your husband, no. Forget it, Steve, don't hear. Steve, don't hear. Because the minute you are telling Amazing, ah, new just don't come. She can't wait. I get just, I get just, but that's what makes my interesting. That something happens in the streets, or God will save it. I say, ah, when I see you at home, we'll just this and we'll just we'll talk about, and that's what it is. And for the guys who are married, please talk. I know it's a struggle. Me myself is a struggle. I won't tell you like nothing that I would pass talk here. It's I me. Mean, I'm telling you to do it because that's the ideal thing. It's but the beauty about it, we are constantly working towards being perfect, towards being good. We don't just rely on our strengths of previous years. Ah, before now nah, they talk that. Nah, no matter the situation, we are dynamic. We are not static as a man. Never take a position like and say, This is who I saw. now lie, nah, I know so you be. In the right condition, you go adjust. Right. It's as simple as that. Yeah, right. So, guys, make effort. Be intentional. Be intentional in discussion. Be intentional in spending time with your spouse. Be intentional to say, "Hey, I cover out this time—one hour, thirty minutes—to have discussion. To have gists. Because for a woman." She wants that. And sometimes, when she's talking, she's not asking for your advice. She's not seeking a solution. I've fallen into that so many times. That, oh, God, she's gisting me, as she's just looking at, okay, to solve this problem, to stop, reduce this talk, and provide the solution. And when I do that, I don't spoil the whole thing. Sometimes she's just just for information. Sometimes you just hear. So sometimes I had to stop being an engineer who got this whole profile solution and just be just listen. Actively listen. Actively listen. I'm using our keyword actively listen. I'll share a bit of challenge we had. So for the first. I Think I got married in two thousand and six, then got my job in two thousand and eight. So but bulk of our years, when I started job, my work, I stayed offshore for almost like six years. For the first three years, I was doing four weeks at work, four weeks at home. Part of what helped us was that consistent t- call. I was almost calling almost like almost every every one hour. But at one point, became almost like routine. And I fell into that trap, Particularly in the evening, when I'm back from work, in my cabin. While I'm talking to her, I'm either doing something, doing a report, or doing a research, doing something. So I will listen to get the key things she's talking about. But I won't listen to get the full gist. So I can provide a response when required. Six years down the line, I came back to the house. So this one that is, doing no, you, know, you can't double, you use full attention. It became a problem. Trying to actually listen, be present while she's talking. Because I'm trying to listen to just get one part while maybe I'm watching TV, do something else. So, guys, you need to be active listeners to your wife. Active. Not just listening for, Pastor listening. to listen. Actively, because she wants to know you are listening. And from our wife, she's that person. She looks at your face. And that kind of thing can be very, very tiring. She's like reading you. So the point I'm trying to emphasize is you need to talk. Praise the Lord. So people can share people can share with people who you can share with and they could neither feel intimidated or irritated. And that's when you share, basically. When you open up yourself to your spouse there's no shame in between. There's no shame in between. Let me bring some of the stuff I have here. Okay, before I go for that, let me jump touch on something. Removing sexual immorality from relationship before marriage allows for the true test of the strength of that relationship. Now I said that, but I want to share a story. So doing this um conference we had, one of the speaker gave us a, a story, and for those who are 10, you know, but let me just share the story first. So, there's this couple, they were having, they were having issues, so they met with this particular counselor. So, like I said earlier, what the counselor did, gave them like a um, discovery form. That's what they call it in that one place. The discovery form is a benchmark, basically, to know where they are. And excuse my French in this. When the, the lady submitted her own, what was written, is, my husband does not suck my breast enough. That's what she kept writing over and over. in it. the um, pastor, the council were like, okay. He called the guy, funny enough, the guy's a pastor. Man of God. See what your wife said. Why don't you do it? Man of God said, this anointed mouth that I use to preach the gospel. That's what I was used to do, such kind of things. <laughs> By the man of God, the counselor called the guy and said, okay, come, show them the Bible and Proverbs. Okay, you have a Proverbs 4. So let, the, let you be satisfied with the best of your wife. Let be ravished with it. You see that the songs of Solomon. When the guy realizes, ah, he didn't say Bible, you have no option not to do the word. So you now ask the counselor, you, are you doing it? So I have a PhD in doing it. But now this is the crux of the story. They ask the lady, why are you so concerned about that? So before she got married, before she got saved, she was in the room for seven years. And in that seven years, our boyfriend would spend time doing that for about two, three hours almost every day. So you see where the problem of when you come with your experience, when you say, I want to do man tester, woman tester united, <laughs> you see where the problem is. If not for the, in the intervention of God, that marriage would have been destroyed because of what? Baggages being carried from the past. If God wanted you to have an experience, he would have created a play you can do on-the-job learning for you. If God did not do design on-the-job learning for marriage, don't get yourself into it. Because that learning experience, eh, it will amount to nothing. When you come into marriage, because everybody is unique in the way they do things. So, for the singers, don't get yourself involved. Don't get yourself involved. Come as you are. The beauty about it is, both of you will learn each other. There's no way to measure again, it's because you have an experienced song here. You're going to be benchmarking your husband's activity or your wife's activity based on that experience. But if you come clean, how much did they give you? You, do, you take. If the guy did it for four seconds, you enjoy it that way because that's all you know. But when you are with somebody that will do it for 40 minutes and you get married to somebody that is doing it for four minutes, you see the problem. So please, particularly for the single, when you get married, try and delete every form of past experience. Drop every expectation you carry from the past. Drop them off. And for that story, I don't know how long, but later the, man, the guy said, the guy came back to meet the counselor and he came with a jeep. He said, man of God, that's in the walk. My wife don't buy me Jeep. So if you know you want your wife to buy you Jeep, for those who are married, just do and do the needful. Praise the Lord. And that's what marriage is all about: companionship. Spending time together. Consciously build companionship, friendship, intimacy. It has to be intentional. It's not just going to happen naturally, it's not a plant. You said, we don't plan, we don't marry. No, it's been intentional. When you see couples that they are talking and some of the other person trying to complete the story of the other person, it's not just because they are married, it's that they've been intentional in building that friendship. So when we say, hey, 10 years later, you look at couples, they look alike, it's because they've been intentional spending time together. You look like what you spend time with. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So don't expect ah ten years later, we never look alike. My brother, my sister, you guys are doing something wrong. So, couples, you need to be intentional. You need to be deliberate. I always tell young couples create habits. Create those right habits. Habit of going out, habit of going for dinner, habit of reading the Bible together, habit of praying, habit of taking baths together, habit of doing things together. When you start in the first few years, you build those habits, two years, four years, five years down the line, it comes natural. If in the first two, three years, the guy before you leave the house, you always give your wife a kiss. You see that 10 years later, that habit is there. Even when you get to the door, you just realize that there's something I've not done. Even when you're angry, habits will always be habits. Like they'll say, you make your, as They say put it, you choose your habits, your habits will choose you. So when you build that habit, whether you're angry or not, it just reminds you, there's something you've not done. Oh, you come back. So for the first three years, for the first few years of your marriage, build those right habits. And for those who do not have it, be conscious, be deliberate. Tell yourself, have that discussion. What are those stuff we are not doing that we need to do so that we can be intentional in building companionship in our marriage? Because if you take that out, it's solitary confinement. And I'll tell you, it can be, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. So I'll put these, all those lies on the guys. Be intentional in building companionship with your spouse, and for the women to make it easy, don't go. Ah, you don't hear Pastor talk. You never know mmm. Once you start nagging them, they just want to give. They just want to give you give you space. Let me illustrate three. That part talks about can two walk together? Except For you to build that companionship takes agreement also. It takes both of you coming together consistently doing it. A woman must talk. but If you're not talking to her, someone else will. Man is mostly physical and highly logical, but the woman is opposite. So we talk for compassion, we need spiritual intimacy. That means of spiritual intimacy. when people to come together to pray, to start the word. My love is a regular everyday thing. They find what works. They find time to always come. For those who've checked this out, if you've truly prayed with someone consistently, you realize that you can't be angry with that person. There's just softness you just have towards that particular person. There's that bond you have with that person. And that's what spiritual intimacy. So for guys, you are married in particular, spend time in praying. Praying for and praying with for your wife. Because if you spend time to pray for her, the only expectation is what you've prayed for. There's no question of, uh, like, I think it was on Tuesday, someone asked that question. That's my, the favor. So you put the question? Yes. That he hasn't seen favor. Because since they, the Bible says, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing, and obtains favor. But since he's been married, he hasn't seen favor. See, the Bible says, he that finds a wife, what? Finds a good thing. What happened? He obtains. He's the one. That obtains it. So it's not automatic to say because your mind and people just follow you. No, you will do what? Obtain it. You have to get it. So if you are praying for your wife, your wife cannot be a winch who is disturbing you. It's because you're not praying for her. If you're truly spending time to pray for her, you will see her as an obstacle to your prayer. She can't be. And vice versa. But I want to spend more time because more effort is on the guy. Only we'll because I've not gotten that project. These are not just happening. It looks like, now nah, the devil they talk to you, so. You don't want to play to your dada. And know the words about it, they will soon shave your head. Go going and ask something. Spiritual intimacy is key. And it's in that place of prayer, studying the word, you can bet it. Spend time. Declare a fast in your family. It might just be you and your wife. Go on a retreat. It might not be just for vacation, but a retreat. Both of us want to have a tete-a-tete with God. That when God comes, it comes to both of us at the same time. Then emotional need. Someone to talk, to listen to. Men learn to be romantic. Learn to be romantic. Before marriage, you spend almost everything to get her. Finally, you've gotten her. You drop everything. So there's a couple. In this American, it was shut to us. It was Pastor Kida shared that. Yesterday, actually. They were having challenges. They, were, you see, they, they weren't spending time to talk. They weren't spending time to connect. The problem was simply this. The lady, by... 12 p.m. That's when she goes to bed. Also, I think yeah. By 12 p.m. she goes to bed. The guy, and four or three a.m. That's when he wakes up. So there's almost no time for them to, to bond. So, but in discussion with them, they find out that while they were dating, the guy will actually go to the girl's house, parents' house, by five a.m. to take coffee. Do everything. But now they are married. The guy feels I'm disturbing now if I wake up by five. Whatever you've been doing before that's been working, keep doing it. If she didn't complain when you guys were dating, then why do you think she's going to complain now? So, guys, we need to be intentional, we need to be romantic. Take your wives out. Take them for dates, nights. Might not be something to elaborate. Just find a way to be creative. See, good expo. I'm not that romantic. Though. But if I want to be inspired, I just go and read Songs of Solomon. Inspiration will flow. See, go and read, take time, go read that book. Often I want to write something nice to my wife. I just have to go and read it. After I'm done reading it, his pressure will flow. Because Solomon had the lyrics. And they say, copycat is good, just depending on the cat you're copying. Someone who has spent time with 1,000 women, there's something he has. I just need to glean on his experience to satisfy one person. So guys, it's as simple as that. If you're intentional, it doesn't come natural for everybody. But it's the intention. Being intentionality it's okay. I want this to happen. What do I do? See, the Bible is complete. Be romantic. And lastly, prioritize. Prioritize your relationship over your other thing. Prioritize your relationship over over your job, over your business. Prioritize it. Because whatever you're building, if the foundation is destroyed, it's going to, at the end of the day, it affect everything. Prioritize your wife. Let her come first. Prioritize your husband, your, 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 your partner. Make them that one most important thing. Because when you do that, you will able to spend time with them. Because if you prioritize... I think the Bible puts it this way. Say, where your heart is, where your treasure is. It's as simple as that. When you make your spouse that most important thing, if you make her your treasure, then your heart will be there. For those who, let me say, nah, nena. if today somebody gives you 50 million naira, I know you look surprised, but let's just assume. I want to bet you, for the next one week, you will be checking your account every day. Is it not? And if it's that so big, you can't even sleep. 2 a.m., you wake up to check because that's where your treasure is. If your spouse is your treasure, you always want to check up on her. How are you doing? What's going on? How is your day? So guys, to the married ones, make your partner your treasure because truly, like the Bible says, where your heart, where your treasure is, so make your spouse that place of treasure, and in doing that, you'll do spend time and build that companionship in Jesus' name. Amen. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080 777 11 or Zero eight zero seven 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 one four four one two, or you can visit our website on www.davidschristensen.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.